to not love our lives even unto death. We serve a risen, living Savior, so death is not the end. And we know that we will overcome the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, because we love not our lives unto death. And now, let 
my brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of The Remnant Report. I am your host, The Remnant Warrior, and that was Phil Baker from his new album. The song was No Better Offer, and I have to say that is one of my favorites, um, I have an awesome playlist, man, um, and you guys can, you know, you can listen to it anytime you want, um, I don't have it to where you can collab on it, I, I've got several playlists that are open for people to add music to, this doesn't happen to be one of them, but you can listen to this playlist, um, Matter of fact, all you have to do is go to the NCRN YouTube channel and look in the playlist section. You can find it on YouTube and YouTube Music. Um, I was just playing it on YouTube Music. I've got the YouTube Music app. Uh, it's actually where I listen to all my music. But you can find it on the regular YouTube app as well. In, in our YouTube channel, the NCRN YouTube channel, the name of the playlist is called Kingdom Music. So look for Kingdom Music. It's got Phil Baker, um, it's got uh, a couple of Casting Crown songs, um, it's got a lot, several third day songs, and I think like one Mercy Me song, but it's got uh, more Phil Baker in it than anything else. Phil Baker and Third Day, it makes up the majority of the playlist, and it is awesome music. Um, it's got Phil's songs going all the way back to 2009, I think. Um, it's got some songs from his 2009 album, from his 2013 album, from his 2019 album, his, uh, uh, his brand new album, it, the song we just heard. So, I mean, it's a really good playlist. It's a playlist to uh, use to worship. It, it, I mean, it's got great worship music. It's also got, um, you know, music that uh, you can listen to while you're doing just about anything, man. Really, um, there's music there that you can listen to while you're praying. There's music you can listen to while you're working, while you're driving, working out. This is the ultimate kingdom playlist. And the name of it, of course, is Kingdom Music. So just go to the NCRN YouTube channel. Check out the playlist, man. I've actually got a lot of playlists. Um... For those of you who like the uh, Christian hip hop, um, like you know Destiny Lab or Hog Mob or you know stuff like that, um, there is a playlist called Rise Up Remnant Warriors. It's really good. Um, you know I don't listen to it as much anymore because I kind of uh, I try to. To stay away from the music that sounds like the music of the world. Um, you know, I have always loved 
um, hip-hop music. When I was in the world, before I came to Christ, I listened to secular hip-hop as well as, um, you know, some rock music, country music, but mainly hip-hop music. So when I became a believer, um, I discovered Christian hip-hop. But I soon discovered that just like anything else in this life, especially um, in the kingdom of God, everyone who uses the title Christian is not necessarily Christian. So you have to be careful and you know you have to use your God-given discernment in these things. But uh, enough chit-chat. Let's get into tonight's subject matter. Um, first off, I am, like I said, man, I am so happy to be here with you all tonight. Um, I wasn't even planning on coming in the studio tonight, but I uh, decided to go ahead and come in here and record this. So um, this is a pre-recorded show, if you're watching it. Um, I, I don't really like doing the pre-recorded stuff um, I, I used to only do pre-recorded when I was doing just the audio podcast and I would, you know, record it, edit it, try to get it perfect and then, you know, upload it to the podcast. But then, um, really after I started preaching, once I became a minister, I, um, it just didn't feel right to do the scripted stuff or the edited stuff. And then I, uh, I became a part of Next Chapter Radio Network with Mary Callie, and um, they were doing the live videos, so I started live streaming too, and so um, now all of my programs are usually live. However, the reason this program is recorded is because Friday... Uh, when you were watching this now on Friday, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's Friday uh, because uh, it's, it's Wednesday night right now. So tomorrow's Thursday night when the Mary Callie has the deception report. And I don't like to uh, I don't like to play or have my programs on the night of hers because I don't want to divide the audience. You know what I mean? So. Um, I don't plan on airing this tomorrow. I plan on airing it Friday evening at the, uh, you know, the at six o'clock, the time that the render report comes on each and every week, unless you know something comes up. But this Friday, the reason that tonight's program is recorded is because actually tomorrow night and Friday night, my son has a baseball game, and. Um, I made a promise that I would be at every one of them from now on. Um, I actually missed his last two games and uh, felt really bad about it. And I promised him I wouldn't miss any more. Uh, I actually, I wasn't at the games for the same reason you haven't seen me here on the Remnant Report for the past two weeks. I've been, uh, been going through some things, man. Um, it's actually going to be what, what tonight's subject matter is on. Um, 
I wasn't sure if what I was going through was spiritual warfare or if it was just my flesh. Um, however, after talking with some people, uh, namely my dad, who is, uh, he's an awesome man of God. He loves the Lord. He is, uh, got a lot of wisdom, even though he doesn't really believe so. That's actually one of the things that, um, shows his wisdom is his humility. Uh, you know, <laughs> Humbleness is a quality that is rare to find in successful pastors and preachers, ministers, evangelists. You know, if someone is a good orator, and they are successful, you know, they have a fairly large church or fairly large audience or a large YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Usually pride seeps in and um, takes hold of them. So when you find someone who is serving the Lord, bearing fruit, and at the same time is humble, you need to um, you need to uh, become a part of what that person has going on. Whatever ministry that they are um, leading or involved with or doing for the Lord, you seriously want to consider becoming a part of it because you can learn so much from someone like that. Um, you know, a righteous man of God is a rare thing these days. I don't necessarily, well, no, not even, there's no necessarily to it. I don't consider myself to be righteous. However, allow me to say the same thing that I uh, posted on Facebook yesterday. If um, any of you happen to have seen um, my Facebook page, um, whatever, my feed, my profile, whatever it's called, I uh, posted something on my personal news feed or whatever, and also in the uh, our group, um, Kingdom Christians, and what, what the post was about was um, righteousness. Uh, attaining righteousness what the word of god says about obtaining righteousness and the manifest sons of god now you know i'm sure that all of you know what maybe not all of you but i'm sure a lot of you have heard the saying manifest sons of god well it is actually something 
that charismatic uh, preachers in the New Apostolic Reformation, um, namely people like the Kansas City Prophets, um, your it all started. It all started with a guy named William Branham. William Branham would be the the father of the modern Word of Faith New Apostolic Reformation, and you know that that crowd, and uh, you know he um, people after him like Bob Jones, um, and more recently Todd Bentley. These are the people who consider themselves the manifest sons of God. But if we look and see what the scripture actually says about the manifest sons of God, we can look in Romans chapter 8. And we can see in Romans chapter 8, it says... There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are that for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. What are we talking about? Righteousness. Obtaining righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, 
do mortify, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, then ye shall live. For as many, listen, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And see, Romans 8 chapter 19 is where people like Todd Bentley and the other wing nuts in the NAR, it's where they come up with this man-made doctrine of the manifest sons of God. But in truth, the manifest sons of God are absolutely every true believer and follower of Christ Jesus who follows and lives after the Spirit. For the creature, verse 20 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body, the resurrection. That's the resurrection. The blessed hope is the resurrection. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, I, I love that verse. Romans 8, 26. I, in, in my prayer life, I have had problems praying before, not knowing the words to say. And the enemy 
has come and clouded my mind, just started flood. Is, have any of you ever gone through that? You're trying to pray, and while you're praying, your mind is just flooded with thoughts that make no sense as far as what you're praying for at all. It's just like any and everything that could possibly come to your attention does in the moment that you are trying to pray. That happens to me sometimes. And when it does, what it is, is it is the enemy trying to keep me from receiving the blessings that I am promised in the word of God. But because I have the same spirit in me that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, even when my mind is cloudy and I can't think of the right words to say, the Bible says that the spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus makes intercession for us when we know not what we should pray. The Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So if it cannot be uttered, unlike the charismatics who get up and they talk in utter gibberish, pretending that they know some secret angelic prayer language, that's not what this is saying. That's saying that the Holy Spirit actually prays for you. Words that cannot be uttered. You don't know what is being said. Not that cannot be understood, but cannot be spoken. Uttered means to speak, to whisper. Verse 27 says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And, and here's the verse. Here's the verse. I know you know it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom, did pre, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? Now, there are others besides the charismatics that want to take Romans 8 out of context and don't understand what Paul's saying. And they take the, this uh, verse here from verse 29 all the way to uh, verse 29 and 30. They, they say this is where, you know, Calvin... Luther and the Reformed uh, theology says that um, God 
you know, predestines everyone who is going to get saved. It's not a matter of free will. You don't have any free will. You know, God has predestined you. You know, BDK on the Omega Frequency, you know, he did an awesome video on this, on BDK Live. He showed the clips of, one was um, a forced marriage and conversion. It was this woman, she was forced to marry in uh, this man that, uh, you know, she didn't know, didn't want to marry, whatever. And she was also forced to, um, she was forced to become, you know, uh, uh, I think it was a Christian, but she was, um, oh, my mind's blank, I can't think of the word. <laughs> Anyways, she was forced to uh, join that religion, I, 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 I know you guys know the word I'm thinking of, but um, con I keep wanting to say, con anyways, I think it starts with the C. Anyway, you, you guys know what I'm saying. And um, they, he also, he showed that and he compared it to this whole doctrine in the reformed school of thought that says that, you know, God doesn't give us a choice in the matter. That he flat out just makes the decision for us. He chooses who is going to heaven and who is going to hell. But that is not the case. God gave us free will. Guess what? God, I mean, you guys know this. I don't see how anybody, especially somebody who uh, was supposed to be a theologian, you know, uh, went to school for all of this, um, was a, uh, a Catholic either priest or bishop, I can't remember which one, before he uh, ignited the Protestant Reformation, um, you know, Martin Luther and John Calvin, both were, or one was an Augustine monk, and they, I think they both may have been, but they, they definitely both um, followed and were followers of of Augustine and um, that is where they got a lot of their theology from I was actually reading today preparing for this show about how the truth of the matter is Augustine didn't actually and Phil Baker you know he, he's got a great two-part series on Augustine versus the anti-Nicene uh, fathers, uh, Augustine versus the early church. Um, but Augustine actually, you know, in doing my research, I found that Augustine, you know, he didn't believe these things that, uh, as far as predestination, that um, 
Calvin and Luther did. And I want to say it was Calvin that believed in the predestination so much. I don't think Martin Luther held to this. I mean, they, they both did to a degree, but Calvin was definitely more dogmatic about the predestination. But the fact of the matter is that God gave free will to all of his creation. That is how the rebellion of the, the angels, that's how Satan himself was able to fall because he made a choice. He had free will. The watchers uh, from Genesis 6, all 200 of them had free will and they made a conscious decision to come down and procreate with human women and create the Nephilim, which, you know, caused God to destroy the entire world and kill absolutely everything which had the breath of life in it, except for Noah and his family. Free will has always been the gift of God. Always. Now, we've looked at Romans chapter 8, and we've gone through verse um, I see. Uh, we've gone through verse 30. Verse 31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be... Okay, we already read verse 31. Verse 32 said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. See, with things like the election and predestination, see, what you have to understand is God is outside of time. Okay? We as human beings, we are inside of time. We are prisoners in time. You know, I... A, a, a way that I've always looked at it is whatever the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil actually was, whether it was an actual fruit that they actually ate or it was something else. I'm sure all of you have heard all of the theories, you know, serpent seed doctrine and all that. I don't believe in serpent seed. You know, it's, it's really quite simple. There, there was a serpent seed. It happened in Genesis 6. But Cain and Abel, um, you know, Eve clearly says, talking about Cain, that she received a man from the Lord, not from the serpent. So, you know, I don't buy the whole serpent seed thing as far as Cain being the son of Satan. Um, you know, I, <laughs> this is off subject, but I had a guy on Facebook. I, I actually had to leave a group that I was in. Administrator, I was an admin on a group. I'm not going to say the group, but I, I, I left it today. <laughs> I've been an admin in the group really since the group was founded. The guy that started the group, um, he made me an admin. You know, when he first created the group, it's been a year or two ago, and um, quite frankly, I haven't seen him post anything in the group in at least six months. He is also a musician. Um, he was making Christian music, and I, I, I'm not saying he's not anymore, but what I am saying is since he actually 
um, received some success. He became successful to a degree. He has very, very visibly backed off of the things of God. And, you know, you can see it in the things he says and puts up on Facebook, but also you can see it in the fact that he no longer takes any kind of part or participates in his group that he started at all. And not only that, but he's allowed people to join like the guy that I'm talking about now. Um, the guy, This guy is the reason that I finally left. Every time, I, you know, when I would do my programs, I always share them to the different groups on Facebook. Well, every single time I shared my program to this group, this one guy, same guy every time, he always posts in the comments, he always comments um, how Abel, Cain's brother, was actually the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And you know, he is sometimes very nasty about it. You know, if I say anything, you know, against it, you know, to try to disprove it, the venom comes out, you know, and the things he says. But he'll post his videos, his YouTube videos teaching this heresy in the comments of, of my post. So, you know, I finally got fed up with it because, you know, I had already said something to the guy who started the group and he said he was going to do this that and the third and that was months and months ago and like i said every time i post this guy's always up talking and it's always the same thing abel is jesus jesus is abel you know i, I don't remember the entire <laughs> doctrine of it all but it's just it was it's crazy it's what it is i i've read his blog once and i watched one of his videos and it is Gnostic to the core. I mean, that's all it is. It's Gnosticism. But anyway, I left that group because of that. And I got on that. So I kind of got off on a rabbit trail talking about Cain and Abel and this, this guy. But my point was about free will. God has always given free will to the angels, to humans, to his creation, period. And so what we have to understand is God gave us free will, but God is also outside of time. So therefore, he not only sees the end from the beginning, but the word of God says he declares the end from the beginning. So, in other words, God sees what's going to happen. He knows who's going to accept him and who's going to reject him. And those who are going to follow Christ and be fruitful members of the kingdom of God, those are the elect. Those are the ones that he has predestined, who he has ordained. But it's not that they don't have free will. It's that God, being outside of time, can look inside of time and see who's going to do what. God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. 
God is all-powerful and all-knowing. Now, we've read about righteousness and the manifest sons of God, which are the elect. Everyone who is in the body of Christ, who is in the kingdom of God, who is following Jesus Christ's commands and abiding in his love, having a love-faith relationship with Jesus Christ, will be the manifest sons of God. When? When are all things complete and our flesh restored? When will this corruption put on incorruption? At the resurrection. At the resurrection. So we saw what Romans 8 said. Now I want to compare Romans 8 with um, 1 John. Let me find it. Sorry, I'm not able to just flip right to it, but this is not my normal Bible. Um, the Bible that I normally use is a Thompson Chain Reference King James Bible. But something happened to it that has broke my heart. I'm going to tell you, my dad gave me this Bible. It means the world to me. It is a sacred possession. Not only is it the Word of God, but it is the Word of God that my dad used to study. You know, it's got all of his notes, his highlights. You know, he worked in this Bible. This Bible's been used. Well, uh, a lot of you know, especially those of you who watch the Deception Report and the Remnant Report, that I have, um, you know, I have Bulldogs and I, I have a puppy. She's only six months old. And... She, I, I let her up on the bed. My Bible was up on the bed and I dozed off. And I woke, when I woke up, this was in the evening, I dozed off early. And when I woke up, she had, mm, it hurts me just to think about it, but she had chewed the entire end of the corner of my Bible. I mean, it can still be red, but it looks horrible. It broke my heart. And I woke up, I saw it, and righteous anger just filled me, man. And I popped her little butt, and she probably didn't even know what she was getting popped for because it looked like she had, yeah, I had been asleep for a little hour or so. She probably didn't even remember, you know, what she did wrong. But anyways... <laughs> This Bible, it takes me a little longer to get in because I haven't worked in it. You know, I haven't marked it up. This is also my King James Version. This is just um, another Bible that I use. It's a Bible that was gifted to me um, right after I was ordained. I think it was actually given to me at my ordination. But um, in this Bible, we are... Um, yeah, April, yep, yep, it is, okay. We're in 1 John, 1 John, chapter 3. And what is 1 John chapter 3 about? Well, 
at the top of the page, the caption at the top of the page, 1 John chapter 3. You know what the title is? The caption up at the top of the page, it says, The Sons of God. See, John, writing here in his epistle, says almost word for word the same thing that Paul says in Romans chapter 8. By the mouths of two or three witnesses, right? Okay. Chapter 3 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, when who shall appear? When Jesus shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When he comes back, when his feet touch the Mount of Olives, he will come back in his resurrected, glorified body. Revelation paints a perfect picture of what the King of Kings is going to look like when he comes back. And John tells us here that Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Listen, listen, people, brothers and sisters, little children, listen. John says in verse 3, in verse 4, whosoever, whosoever, that's anybody, whosoever committeth sin, transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him, in Jesus, is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither hath they known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. It means he is born again in spirit, of spirit. In this the little, I mean, in this the children of God are manifest, the manifest sons of God, just like Romans 8. And the children of the devil, and the children of the devil, 
Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now, we were talking about in the beginning, Cain and Abel. John says, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. Now, is John pushing the serpent seed doctrine here? No. Because John also says that whosoever sinneth is of the devil. It's the same thing he's saying about Cain, that he was of that wicked one. Just like if we sin, that is of the devil. That doesn't mean that we were born of the devil. Just like Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, when they claimed to be the sons of Abraham, Jesus said, no, you are of your father, the devil. But that did not mean that the devil actually had intercourse with their mothers and created them as Nephilim hybrids. It means that they were living after the flesh and a life of sin. It says, and wherefore slew he him? That, okay, it says, uh, Cain, who was of the, that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. See, he's showing, he's comparing Cain and Abel. Remember that Abel brought his sacrifice unto God, and God accepted it. Because it was from the heart, the spirit. It was of righteousness. But Cain's sacrifice was not, and God rejected it. The same is true of you and of me. God will either accept our sacrifice or reject it, depending on whether we are of the spirit or of the flesh, whether we are abiding in the love of Jesus Christ, keeping his commandments, or if we are walking after the flesh and living in sin, we will either be accepted or rejected on those bases. John says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life. You may be sick right now. You may feel horrible. Your flesh may be hurting. You may be down in spirit. You may be depressed. You may be oppressed by the devil. The way that I truly believe that I was over the past two weeks because I sank into a depression, a depression that a believer truly should not sink into. And had I, had I fasted and prayed, I could have overcome the valley, the trial 
the tribulation that I found myself in a whole lot faster. And I would have been before you before now. But for two weeks, two weeks, I suffered needlessly. We don't have to suffer like that. Do we suffer in this mortal flesh, in this body? Yes. Are we oppressed by the world? Will the world hate us? Will Satan hate us? Absolutely. But we have an advocate. We have an advocate in Christ Jesus to make intercession for us. Also with the spirit of truth. We don't have to go through these things alone. He will get us through. A lot of times he uses brothers and sisters. He uses us to lift up our brothers and sisters in their time of need. He used people to lift me up. Just a message. How are you doing, brother? I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about you. Hope everything's going okay. I said, man, God still loves me. He hasn't given up on me. He sent my brother or my sister to let me know that somebody was thinking about me. John says, we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Because we love not the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This goes right back to what Jesus Christ taught himself. No greater love hath a man than he laid down his life for his friends. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? If you have the love of God in you, friends, guess what? If you see your brother or your sister in need, you are going to reach out to them. You are going to meet that need. If you see your brother suffering or in need, your sister in need, and you do nothing, then you have not the love of Christ. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Don't just walk the walk, I mean, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. Don't play Christian, be Christian. A 
And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Sometimes our hearts can lie. Like I told you guys in the beginning, I didn't know if I was under spiritual attack, if it was demonic, or if it was my flesh. Your flesh will lie to you. The heart is a deceitful thing. Bring up all your past mistakes. You're not really a Christian. You don't really love God. If you did, then you wouldn't have done such and such or you wouldn't be feeling like you are now. But the word tells us that God is greater than our hearts. Amen. God is greater than our hearts. And he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. Confidence towards God. We have to walk in the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. Listen to what this next verse says. Verse 22 says, And whatsoever, whatsoever, that means anything, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Dear friends, are your prayers not being answered? Do you feel like they're not getting past the ceiling? I've been there. You need to ask yourselves, are you keeping his commandments? Are you doing the things that are pleasing in the sight of the Lord? Because if you are, the word of God says, whatsoever we ask, we will receive. But if you are not abiding in him, you're not keeping his commandments and doing things that are pleasing to God. Don't expect your prayers to be answered because it's, they're not going to be. What is the commandments? What commandments are we supposed to keep? Are we supposed to keep all 10 from the law of Moses? You know, the law that Jesus calls law of sin and death. The Bible says that not one jot nor tittle shall pass away from the law until heaven and earth pass away. But do you know why it says that? Because it's the law of sin and death and sin and death will be here. It won't go anywhere. It will not pass away. Not one jot nor tittle as long as this flesh is here. Heaven and earth must pass away first and the resurrection must happen. We must have our new bodies. That is the blessed hope. The blessed hope is that when this flesh dies, we will not remain in the grave, but just as our Lord 
cracked the grave wide open and rose up back to life. The same Spirit of God that rose Jesus Christ from the grave abides in us. And when we leave this mortal coil to go to paradise, we will again be resurrected when Jesus Christ returns for his bride. When the dead in Christ shall rise, and then we that remain shall be called to meet them in the air. What a day that will be. Hallelujah. What are his commandments, dear friends? Verse 23 says, and this is his command. This is his commandment. That we should believe, believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another. That's not too hard of commandments. You know, Jesus said the same thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same thing that John says here. We should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments, he that keepeth Jesus Christ's commandments, will dwell in him and Christ also in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us, by the spirit that he hath given us. That same spirit of truth. That will bring all of the words in this sword. That have been hidden in our hearts. To our remembrance at just the right time when we need them. Dear friends. I wish we had time because when the Bible was written, there were no chapters and verses. There were no breaks in the books. And chapter 3 just flows right into chapter 4 so perfectly. Chapter 4 tells us to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We were talking about the false prophets in the beginning. You know, you have false prophets in every part of evangelical Christianity, whether it's the charismatic movement, the Southern Baptist Church, the Lutheran Church, you know, the Calvinist, Presbyterian, Methodist, non-denominational, 
there is flaws and false prophets in every single sect. The reason for that is a lot of it's got to do with the division of the body. There's nothing in this living word that tells us to split off into sects, to split off into different groups of believers. No, we are supposed to be one body, one bride, one ecclesia. And if we all would just read the Bible, read the Word, and live by what is in it, follow the commandments of Christ, read the Gospels, live by the doctrine of Christ, then we would all, all be one body. You see... The word tells us how to recognize the sons of God and also how to recognize the sons of the devil. If you're not of one, you're of the other. There's two kingdoms. Jesus Christ teaches about these two kingdoms all throughout his earthly ministry, all the gospels. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the world. You're either a part of one or you're part of the other. You can't have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. There are no dual citizenships, my friends. Oh, people try. People try, but they fail. They may think they've gotten away with it in this life. But when they stand before the king of kings and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Then I can't imagine the sorrow that is going to come over those who thought they were okay because they said some magical prayer when they were 12 years old. But they didn't abide in the love of Christ. They lived like the world. Yes, they went to church on Sunday. But they lived like the world for every other day. Yes, they could quote the memory verses that they learned in Sunday school, but they had not read the word of God and hid it in their hearts. So they didn't have any idea what it actually said or meant. Friends, tonight's program was supposed to be on demon possession like I told you earlier, it was supposed to be on demon possession and deliverance. Uh, we've been going for over an hour. I would love to be able to go into all this and read you this chapter of Dr. Coach's book, two chapters, read about possession and the deliverance. But... Because of the time, 
I'm going to have to make a, a part two to this and uh, maybe we'll air part two Saturday night or maybe I can do part two live. Um, you know, I actually, you know, we used to do a Saturday night program once a week. I mean, once a month, excuse me. But since I changed up the program schedule from the once a month Saturday to, you know, every Friday at six o'clock and then one day out of the month or one weekend out of the month, it, it may be a Friday, it may be a Saturday, regardless, we're going to be on Rumble and we're going to be, we'll be on Rumble, YouTube and Facebook, but we're going to be showing a documentary once a month. And I'm thinking about going ahead and showing the documentary Saturday. The documentary that we will be showing that, that's coming up is actually on Voodoo. And uh, like I was saying in earlier, you know, um, people like myself and others who have been called into the ministry and called to be um, watchmen those who are warning others, we dive into the occult literature. We do this research that has spiritual repercussions that you absolutely must have the whole armor of God on to take part in. We do that so you don't have to. And then bring you what the Lord has shown us. So I invite you, friends, to tune in this Saturday, which will probably be, if you're watching this, it'll probably be tomorrow night, because I have all intentions of airing this episode here on Friday. Friends, I have got to take these headphones off. They are really hurting my ears. Uh, we uh, will more than likely, most certainly be doing the episode this coming Saturday, tomorrow, where we show the documentary, so you don't want to miss that. Friends, I'm going to play a song for us, and then we are going to close out, but before I do, I want to talk right now to those of you who are watching or who are listening to the sound of my voice that do not know Jesus Christ. You have not made a decision to follow the Messiah. Friends, allow me to tell you that that is a choice and we all have free will. We have a choice. You know, you decide whether you live or die. Did you know that? And when I say live or die, I am talking for eternity. You know, we, we, we are, it is destined upon every man wants to die and then the judgment. But if you are in Jesus Christ, you have accepted and surrendered to the Messiah, then dear friends, because he rose from the grave and conquered death, Guess what? Those of us who are in him, we also 
will overcome death. Our blessed hope is the fact that the same spirit of the almighty God that rose Jesus Christ from the grave will also raise us from the grave. When we hear that trumpet and the words say, come up here, then the dead in Christ, those of us who have passed, we shall rise first. Then all those who remain will be called to meet us in the air. And forever we will be with Christ. Forever. I know you've seen my, or you may or may not have seen the programs that I did on the millennium. I'm going to say this. Whether there is an actual literal future thousand years or not, the Word of God says that once we are resurrected, then we will forever remain with Christ. So even if there's a literal thousand years, even after that, you know, that will that'll seem like a day. Because we will finally be free from time. We're prisoners in time and in flesh right now. We're all gonna die. I'm gonna die, you're gonna die, unless we happen to be one of the blessed who are able to remain here on this earth until Christ returns. We will all taste death, but death will have no sting. There will be no sting because Jesus Christ has overcome death. Friends, we will overcome death too. We will rise again. I can think of nothing better. There's no peace like that peace. It passes all understanding. Friends, in order to accept Jesus Christ, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you simply must believe, truly believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the Son of God, that he came to this earth, born of a virgin, died on the cross, Horrible death on the cross that you and I deserved. Then, after dying that horrible death, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And three days later, he rose again. He rose again. Now, 
And 40 days after that, he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is ruling and reigning. And if you accept him today, you will be ruling and reigning with him. You will be one of the sons of God or daughters of God. And I will happily call you my brother. Happily call you my sister. Just believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with your mouth that God hath raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. If anyone wants any more information, if anybody doesn't understand how to enter into the kingdom of God, feel free to message me on Messenger. I respond, ask anybody, you know, my uh, friends, my listeners, my viewers, I have people message me all the time and I respond, you know, I, I, guys, I'm just a normal man, you know, I'm just a regular guy, I'm just a child of God who loves Jesus Christ and who happens to be called to spread the gospel and preach. I'm nobody special. I'm definitely nobody famous. And I answer absolutely every message I get that's not spam or somebody trolling. Every sincere, legitimate message I get, I answer it. I'll be happy to pray with you. I'll be happy to talk with you. Friends, just don't wait another day. You're not promised another day. You're not promised another breath. Don't put it off. The Holy Spirit is working on your heart. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will answer, I will enter in and I will Abide in him. I will make my home within him. That is paraphrase. He will come and live within you. You will have the spirit of truth. And you will have that peace. There's nothing like that peace. Even through the hardest trials, tribulation, and storms, when you have that peace, you can get through it. It's so different than being in the world before Christ and going through hard times. I remember when I lost my son, I was not a follower of Christ. I was not a believer. And it was heartache, sorrow, and pain like you can't imagine and I can't describe. I've also gone through things, that same thing, because I wasn't able to mourn my son until I accepted Christ. I didn't shed the first tear until I accepted Christ. Then I was able to mourn and then he healed me. Healing is possible, friends, but only through Christ. All right.
we are going to close this program out. I'm going to play you guys a song. Um, well, I had the song ready to play, but um, apparently it's not there, so we're going to play a different song. I had another um, Bill Baker song ready to play. Had it queued up, but it uh, went away on me. So instead, we're going to listen to this one. We're going to close it out with this. Okay, sorry guys, that's not the one I wanted. Here we go. There we go.
my brothers and sisters. We're going to close with a word of prayer, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Remnant Report. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now, and I thank you so much for this opportunity to come and preach your word, to teach what the Holy Spirit has not only put on my heart, Father, but spoke through me, through your word. Lord, I hear all these televangelists, all these so-called men of God talking about the word of knowledge that they've received. They've got a word here. They've got a word there. Father God, I want to thank you for the word that you've given me. All of it. Lord, I know that my sword is your word. There is no new word. It is finished, Lord. From Genesis to Revelation is full of words of knowledge, words of wisdom, <laughs> words of healing. Father, this word is a living document. This is a living word. I thank you for it, Lord. Father, if there is anybody within the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father God, I pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit, Father, burden their hearts until they can't take it anymore and they, they just have to break and they have to surrender to you, Lord. They have to submit themselves. Father God, I pray that if anybody needs help in that area, if they need to talk, if they need to pray, Lord, I pray that you would just allow them to reach out to me, give me the words to say to them. Father, speak through me, fill me with your spirit. Father God, I love you, and I thank you again for all your many blessings. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Friends, again, I thank you for watching the Remnant Report tonight and for Kingdom Productions and the Next Chapter Radio Network. I am the Remnant Warrior, saying until next time, grace and peace.